Welcome to Japan according to Akio. Everything you wanted to know or didn't think you needed to know about Japan. With me, your host Akio, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Yo, what's going on everyone? Welcome to episode 145. Pretty cool episode. Got a few different items. Um <laughs> talk about uh james from alt insider give my two cents on his changing situation which i was uh just became aware about a few days ago uh what else did i do um gave uh some other reactions to some of the bullshit logan paul did a few years ago and then we i get into uh my uh <laughs> thievery of some <laughs> some questions from another youtuber and i answer some some i indirectly answer some questions about japan uh and and give my two cents on that as well pretty solid episode not too long not too short another pretty good one uh we got some cognac yay so uh, go ahead and enjoy boom we back in the house hey 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 Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 145 of the podcast. Getting up for you guys. I got the big bottle, big boy bottle of Pasta Cavassier. Pasta Cavassier. <laughs> you can see me on YouTube. Um, but nah, uh, it looks like I've been drinking a lot, but I really haven't. This, this, <laughs> I cracked this bottle like about. I cracked this bottle like about two, two and a half weeks ago. Like, and yeah, like, you know, I really haven't been, oh yeah, cause it's been a bunch of, um, daytime episodes. So, and it's that much I drank and I just poured a huge fucking glass of this shit mm. with some ice just so that I wouldn't be, uh, oh fuck, that's probably gonna have me lit by the end of the episode, but you know how it goes, <laughs> but, um, no, I just poured a huge glass of it just so that I won't like keep pouring and, and, and shit like that. So, but yeah, that is kind of pretty big glass of it, but whatever, whatever, you know, the more I drink, the more I talk. So, you know, my drinking episodes are kind of like, <laughs> I feel like the the most entertaining ones, not saying alcohol makes me entertaining, but you know, it, um, helps just to loosen up things. Uh, let me just make sure I recording okay i know i know I, I know i know i need to stop doing this a habit but it is like a phobia that i I talk for fucking 45 minutes and i check the the um the videotape and there's nothing there on, on there so i just gotta double check one time just to make sure you know so i can just fucking chill the fuck out but all right um so let me take off my slippers let me get comfortable <sighs> take off my slippers all right so let's get into everything. I got a few things to talk about um, on this episode. Uh, something I've never done before. I'm gonna try something, something a little bit new. See what happens with that too. Um, but it, but it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Let me let me get a little sip, a little sippy sip because I haven't really. I had like a beer a couple of days ago, but I, I haven't really drunk any of this for a while. So let me, you know, mm. Enjoy that flavor that I like to savor. Mm. Anybody know what that is? Old, I'll let you know. Old Nate Dogg, St. Eyes commercial back when in the 90s when they used to do, um, get rappers to do St. Eyes malt liquor commercials. 
By the way, the first 40 ounce I ever drank was a St. Ives. Uh, I remember it. 15 years old. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. 15 years old. <laughs> 15, you know, hanging out with my friend. I drank a 40 ounce. I was like, I did it. <laughs> and I like peeled off the label. I'm going to save this label forever. <laughs> That's like some stupid teenage shit to do. And then, of course, I think I threw up after that. <laughs> Shortly after, the 40 ounce came back up. <laughs> ah, yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. All right. So, let's get... <laughs> that was a random-ass thought. All right, whatever. Let, let, let's get into it. Um and so so we got i got a lot of different things i want to talk about tonight uh and i'm just gonna go down the list i got a list of shit prepared got a bunch of stuff you know it's, it's getting kind of late in the night so let me just let me just get into it let's just get started let's get it going and then we'll just you know pick up momentum as the episode goes let me stop bullshitting so the first thing i have uh joshua in one of the comments of the previous episode uh let me know uh about the alt insider podcast which if you remember if you're a long-time listener you'll know that i uh, several months ago you know i went on that podcast and did an interview with james the host of that he contacted me randomly you know found me and was like yo let's talk so we chopped it up did you know a, i think a good entertaining episode he's a very different person than i am you know um he has a very different perspective about life in japan than i do which which i, I found made an i thought made a really interesting uh, interview and conversation for myself as well. He had different perspective, you know, lived in a different part of Japan, had, was an English teacher, but had a very, in a different subset of the English study industry here in Japan, you know, it was just ALT working in schools, which is something I never done, you know, working with kids in, in, in uh, elementary, junior high school, possibly high schools, I don't know in detail. Uh, you know, I work for in Akawa, which is more private for profit schools, if conversational English schools, if you will. So um, very different systems, very different structures. Uh, and so, you know, we're, you know, I'm black, he's white, you know, we're from, it seems like we're from different parts of America, uh, where he lives now from what he was saying, um, which I'm foreshadowing. He, um, is in South Carolina right now. So, you know, which seems like we're from very different parts of the country as well. Forever, you know, so uh, for me, like just digging into his background a little bit. The interview we did, like, you know, um, brought up a few quite really interesting issues and things like that, which um, I think, you know, me me listening back to it and talking to him as well was quite stimulating for me. Um, now, the thing that Joshua brought up was the fact that recently he decided to get the fuck out of Japan and he just him and his family. I think he has two kids, maybe. Um, and his wife, after 11 years in Japan, packed shit up and, and moved um, to America. Um, I posted a link to his, uh, he did like a 10 part finale about his life in Japan. I just listened to, I didn't know about it until, uh, Joshua, uh, told me about it. I just listened to the last part <clears throat> and his first episode back in America just to hear what was going on with him. Uh, of course I wish him the best. Um, I would say that I, you know. I'll, okay, well, I'll keep it 100 with you guys. I don't 
agree with his choice to move back to America at this point in time for several different reasons. But, you know, he seemed very set in his ways and his justifications. And, you know, I really applauded him for being honest about his reasons and opening up about a lot of shit, you know, that made him think about um, leaving Japan. And even, you know, being um, having enough um, self-awareness to say that some of his reasons are, you know, not really valid reasons or not good reasons, but it is his reason. And, you know, he was like, hey, I know it's not the best reason at all, but hey, you know, it's just maybe it's just me. But, you know. And, and I, I applauded that, you know, um, you know, things like, um, you know, not wanting to stand out in Japan, being tired of getting quote unquote preferential special treatment, being put in kind of the gaijin category, if you will, gaijin meaning foreigner um, category, if you will. He gave some examples of walking into a bank and the staff kind of like standing attention every time because they, they think he can't speak Japanese or things like that. Um you know, and, and he talked about his kids as well, you know, not wanting his kids to go through that and things like that. Again, it might be because of the area that he's in. You know, I believe he was he was in Fukuoka, which is in Western Japan, which is not as international or diverse as the Tokyo area. And it also has a small, smaller population. I have went out there for a crazy ass weekend. I'm not sure if I've told this story. I'm not sure if I can tell this story. I'm not going to tell it on this episode. I got to get approval from somebody i know <laughs> hmm. i got i got to consult one of my friends and be like yo should i tell that story here <laughs> just because it was like a wild one of my wildest weekends um it was, it was like totally like the hangover japan type fucking weekend um the be the best 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 party weekend i've had i'm i know i'm hyping this story i'm not gonna tell you guys right now i gotta fucking email my friend and be like what do you think should i actually tell this story um before i tell it so um let me let me make myself a note okay time out you got time out one second sorry i know i'm breaking the flow of the show but let me one second, next episode fukuoka story Oka story question mark. Uh, okay. As soon as I finish this, sorry. As soon as I finish this, I'm, I'm as soon as I finish this I'm, episode, I'm going to email my friend and ask him what he thinks, if it's cool or not. Just because, you know, the only reason why I'm... I need to get approval is because it's not concerning me. It's also several other people. Um, and of course I'm not going to use their real names or anything like that, but you, you know I'm saying? You want to be respectful of other people. I just don't want to be telling everybody's business and all that shit. So, mm. so anyway, um, yeah, yeah. So back to James, right? So, you know, he also talked about his kids and he didn't want his kids to have the same experience. He wanted his kids to really you know, grow up in a quote unquote normal life, just like everyone else. And he gave a few other reasons as well, which I can kind of understand. But for me, um, the first, <laughs> well, I'll just say the first thing I thought when I was listening to his reasons for, you know, not feeling uncomfortable in Japan, you know, like I said, he was aware of it. Yeah, it kind of sounds like white people problems to me. I, sorry, I got to say it. <laughs> I got to say it. Um, 
and and I've talked about this with several. I've had this this type of conversation with several coworkers. And I tell them like you know people who are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe people are treating me so differently. You know what the fuck? I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how it feels. That's kind of what it feels like to be a minority. If you're not used to being a minority, you know, and you come to Japan you're gonna kind of know how it feels to be a minority you know in a very toned down type way like that's what i say it's a lot easier for me to deal with being a minority in japan than it is in america just because like i don't have to deal with a lot of shit you know in an aggressive way than i would have to do with or even a passive aggressive way more more passive aggressive is is more annoying than the uh, overtly aggressive way in 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 you know um in japan but i think um if you're grew up in a situation an environment where you are the majority a member of the majority and you're just seen as an individual and again i'm I'm not saying this to attack james at all if you, if you hear this james i'm not saying this to attack you at all i'm just giving you my perspective on like you know the reasons what that you gave and again i really listened to it and i was really really commended you for putting that out there you know that's a lot of deep shit that she put out there um but yeah listening to it, i couldn't help thinking like yeah that sounds like white people problems to me because you know as a minority as a black guy like all of the special consideration all of the oh there's a foreign guy kind of shit that i have to deal with you heard me say like it's discrimination light you know it's like oh that's that's it like you know fine i'll take this any day of the week you know um and a lot of times it's if you think about it like it's special considerations meaning you're actually put up on a pedestal you're seen as not not in a higher perspective but you're giving preferential treatment a lot of times and if you can use that you know use what you got you know use what you got to get what you need is kind of my philosophy so you know i because i'm a minority here and maybe it's one of my survival mechanisms from my time in america like i have no problems at all like using that any type of preferential treatment i can get to my advantage whenever possible you know um and i do i do you know that's my like little like trump card that i pull out whenever i have or if i see that little window that i can slide through i have no problems taking it at all you know and um i think like that's totally fine but you know that's but I also know that, you know, I'm I'm a representative, I'm a diplomat of, of, of something greater. And that might be something that James might not have articulated, that he might not even have known himself, that the weight of being a diplomat, being representative of your race in general, your culture in general, wherever you go, being judged and evaluated, you know, um, or, or your group, a larger group of people. Um, being completely judged, evaluated based on your actions in one moment might be a lot of weight for him, might have been a lot of weight for him to deal with. And he really didn't like that. But hey, that's me being a black dude, you know, anywhere I go, like, you know what I'm saying? Like I could be out drinking and if I do something that people might not like, it's very easy to write it off as someone doing something black. I'm sorry, that's just what it is, especially in America. You know, it happens in Japan too. I'm not going to lie, but mm but i know how to deal uh, but but you know i can handle that um and it's not really a burden to me at all like i don't know maybe it's just my personality maybe it's my upbringing maybe a combination of both but yeah that wasn't really a thing so um you know um 
moving i really did like what he said um about you know challenging people to to question the reasons for staying in japan i think was um something that was really really can be taken away from his podcast as well his episode as well um knowing when it's time to get out of here and you know him rec- recognizing the fact that he stuck around a bit too long um and some of the mistakes that he made in staying here too long in his career choices and things like that like i've talked about it i've had like you know a come to jesus moment about that um my career path and things like that like several years ago and i you know you've heard me talk about it like i freaked out and tried my hardest to squirm and get out of it and i'm still you know i'm like i said i'm on the path of where i want to go so I'm, I'm very much happy with where i am because my job affords me the time um the time and money and also my my general work living situation affords me the opportunity to um you know maintain a lifestyle for myself and my family while at the same time pursuing my dreams and my goals you know and and, and especially in these times that we're living in which which is another reason why i'm kind of disagree with um james i mean again it's his family he's the head of the family hey you know he hey he has apparently has it uh, seems like he does translation i think joshua told me that and he alluded to it as well um doing translation online and things like that so he, he you know he seems like he has you know a good amount of savings um as well but um for me you know again i study macroeconomics and shit like that so um that's where my bread and butter where i um put the vast majority of my energy and time just trying to understand the macroeconomic picture where we are in you know in the world in my in monetary history and things like that and um just the point in time that we're in right now that kind of move to me isn't that next move isn't the best move you know what i'm saying i mean but hey you know his life decision affects me zero percent so um you know in hindsight what do you want me to do hit him up be like yo james you know look at what the frb is doing you need to fucking keep your ass in japan like no come on now so you know like good luck to you that's all i can say you know hope you enjoyed your time in japan um his podcast is his not ending is still um is still going but maybe he's just still trying to figure out what he wants to do with that so um i encourage you i, I link to the episode definitely listen to the episode if you are in japan i'm actually going to recommend it to one of my coworkers because i think he could he's potentially heading down the path that james was on you know just in listening to how he talks about his life and, and things like that i'm gonna be like yo dude listen to this and don't do this okay um because <laughs> he's in his late 20s and he's definitely seems like you know he's on the verge of like burning out or, or or somewhere down the line or something like that so i think that's a good um piece of information to share with him and if you're in japan if you've been in japan again again sorry my, my you know i think i told you before my sciences are still a little bit stuffy um i think i told you i I lost my train of thought um fuck i lost my train of thought but whatever just listen to the, <laughs> just listen to the episode <laughs> and you know um check it out show james some love uh wherever he's doing okay um let's let's move on to logan paul's crazy ass um or dumbass i should say uh you know even though he's like a professional boxer now he knocked out nate robinson um which mm, 
was all over the news recently. Of course, you saw it. I'm sure you saw it. You know, I, I, for me, I felt bad for Nate Robinson because um, just the, the age that we live in, I, I made a few posts about it in my private social media with other people who posted it. Like, we're just in the age where everything's documented and you can't fail at anything now. You get We're just all fake-ass perfectionists. We're like... You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't be knocked out. You can't get caught digging up your nose. You can't get caught, like, slipping and falling on some ice. Like, you know, like, you can't get into a fight. Like, I would be terrified if I was, like, a high school kid now. Because anything that you do, if you get caught on camera, thank God, like, there were no cameras around when I was in my teens and 20s. Like, because all the stupid-ass shit that I was doing, you know, that was gone forever. You know, thank goodness. But nowadays like you know you can be end up on world star for like any day of your life and that's just like crazy you know and everybody you know i mean you be laughing i mean i was like damn that was kind of like a crazy ass knockout i felt uh the final one i was like oh is he okay but like we just all everyone just pretends like their shit don't stink you know um we were the first ones to look at some shit on the internet and laugh at someone but you know, that's like a stain. It can be like a stain on your life forever. So it's just crazy. It's just crazy. That that situation was just like crazy. You know, again, I don't know the background situation of their pre-fight stuff, if they were doing any trash talking or whatever. But, yeah, it was just like watching everybody just like, you know, um, pointing and laughing. It's just like, that's kind of crazy. So I don't know. But anyway, but fuck back to what am I talking about? Back to Logan Paul. So anyway, but Logan Paul, um, you know, I talked about it before several years ago. I think when I first started the podcast about um his trip to Japan. Uh, of course, there's only audio for it. There's no video for that. But um, you know, a few several years ago, he made a really fucked up YouTube video about coming to Japan, and that was one of the videos that kind of got his YouTube uh shut down or you know he took a big hit off youtube i guess which made him go in other directions in his career whatever the fuck he's doing i don't know again i don't really care about him too much especially after that japan shit that was my first time hearing from him and after that, i was just like, every time i hear his name i'm just like whatever but um of that video i think it's very insightful because i was coming up i was trying to come up with topics for this episode and i just googled i just youtube japan in that an uh, interesting video reviewing his video uh about japan uh came up from inside editions youtube page which is kind of crazy but <laughs> but basically it's uh i think i've seen her before a youtuber some 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 japanese lady um you know um and i'm not gonna call her a chick i'll call her a lady you know because she did um present herself very elegantly and um she yeah reviewed his youtube video and i like i think it's helpful for you to really listen to it because it's some insights in you know she's kind of dancing around it a bit but it gives you you know uh, like uh, insight on some of the stuff that i talk about on this uh show can i call this a show but on this podcast um and uh you know you'll hear some of the themes you know japanese people avoiding certain situations ways to be respectful and things like that basically she's just saying what not to do when you come to japan again some of this shit that on a lot lesser levels i did when i first came here um and i might have done when i have been drunk <laughs> but um i mean nothing like what he does in this video but you know to a lesser extent uh, I've broken some of these rules sometime in the past. And again, it's nothing to be like, 
have a complex about like I have to be, you know, fucking samurai when I come here and never smile or anything like that. But it's just, you know, respect. Respect is respect. And just, you know, put your best foot forward when you come here. Um, But listening to her talk about, you know, his video definitely will, I think, give you another perspective on, you know, why what he did was so fucked up and just, you know, how you should carry yourself when you are in Japan, whenever the fuck they open this country up. So definitely check that out. Um, I think it's a really interesting piece of content. Okay. Um, okay. Now this, this is going to be the main um, thing we're going to talk about. Then I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Let me see what time, what time is it? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll be on this for a little bit. So this is going to be the main piece of thing, piece of content that I talk about. Um, because again, I was searching for the fuck I was going to talk about tonight, <laughs> and I decided I'm going to do something I haven't done before. So let me let me get his what the fuck I forgot. I think all about Japan. What's what's, what's this guy's name? Um, this is shit. Let me mute this before it comes up. Uh, what's his name? Abroad in Japan. That's what it is. So, abroad in Japan, uh, YouTube channel. I forgot the guy's name, but he he does he has a really good channel. Um, probably one of the leading Japan podcast, not podcast, fucking YouTube channels here. Um, and you know, I just thought like one of his videos came up. I started watching it, and some of his uh subscribers emailed him or message him several questions and he answered them. So I thought like, so I, I watched it while, while I was doing the dishes, I was listening to it. I was like, huh, maybe some of those questions, maybe I can also answer and, and give my perspective. So I just cherry picked a couple of these that I thought would be interesting. And I'm going to just answer some of those and incur- I encourage you to watch the video yourself, right? Cause it is pretty good. And he does give some really good answers and you know, his is a lot more, well produced and edited and shit like that but <laughs> i ain't doing all that but um anyway so the first thing was uh what you call it he asked yeah yeah one of his listeners asked um has he had any encounters with any of the murder hornets you know as you know murder hornets have landed in america and they're going to take over everything and kill everybody you know but um but yeah, um, I've actually linked to a YouTube video of some dumbass YouTuber. I, mean, I might have linked to it before, but getting stung by one of these things, um, it's fucking hilarious to watch. But <laughs> mm. and I, I haven't had too many encounters with them. I, you know, you see them flying around like when it's warm, kind of like an F sixteen. You know, it's just like a big ass thing. You just see. A you know, just flying all over the place. Um, it's like a fucking drone. It flies like a drone. I think I've talked about it before. And I think I've said in summer, like, actually, I believe my next door neighbor in one of like, the yeah, I did talk about this in the past, has a nest um, in somewhere in his house, but he doesn't realize it because I was just seeing like in dusk, horn, you know, hornet, one solitary hornet kind of flying in there. And I guess after a day of hunting, whatever the fuck it was doing, it kind of like went back home. I haven't seen anything recently, but um, in his YouTube video, he talks about the guy talks about getting hit a, a hornet flying into his car. It actually did get hit in the face by a hornet 
like a few months ago in the summertime. I might have talked about it on my phone. Walk into the station or something like that. And like, it's like if some, it felt like if somebody threw a paper a ball a paper ball at your head like really a, a kind of heavy one at your ball at your head like like that and i'm on my phone and no one's around but i'm on my phone and then like it just hits me i'm like what the fuck was that and i look at to see it's like a huge hornet flying away i'm like oh shit you know because you know luckily like it just ran into me and just kept it moving like i didn't swat at it or anything like that so it didn't get pissed off at me but for a second, I was like, oh, you know, um, like, thank you for not getting mad at me for just being in your way, <laughs> you know, but um, but that's about it. I haven't really had any encounters with, I mean, you just see them fly by, just freeze, you know, and then they normally fly away. They don't fuck with you unless you fuck with them. Um, I talked about, yeah, I did. I remember I talked about the time uh, when I was at a... Um, a shrine like near a cemetery and there were some you know some a hornet's nest well, i'll just tell the story it's not really that interesting but one time i was near in a cemetery there was a hornet's nest nearby and then someone was using like a not a lawnmower but a weed whacker or something and i was we were we were all it was a lot of japanese people kind of nearby and i was like okay you guys there's hornets near here. They're getting kind of restless. Let's get the fuck out of here. But, you know, I didn't say anything. And then we just left. You know, I was like, whew. But um, that's the story. It's really not that much to it. Um, but, um, yeah, they are scary. Every time I see you see them, you just your breath just stops for a second just because they're so big. They're so menacing, you know. And, yeah, 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 yeah. That's no fun. You know, I can't even imagine what it's like, you know, in other parts of Japan. Sometimes you see clips of people like exterminating nests and stuff and it just looks fucking crazy so um okay that's that next one um is an interesting really interesting question um dishes uh i recommend what dishes do you recommend when someone visits japan um the main dish i would recommend um is 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 not yakitori it's a variation of yakitori it's kushiage right and i wish someone told me about kushiage before i came to japan um, it's just basically like a yakitori, which is yakitori is like a chicken skewer. So, but it's not only chicken. It's like a lot of different things. You know, it can be a lot of different small pieces of meat on skewers, but kushiage is, um, battered and deep fried, right? So you got a deep fried skewer and then you got some sauce and you dip it in the sauce a lot of times. Sometimes it, depending on the the quality of the restaurant you go to, you know, it can be laid out in a lot of different ways, but it's really, really good. Um, you know, deep fried chicken skewers, kushiage is probably like my number one go-to thing because you, a lot of other stuff you're going to read about. You're going to read about sushi. You're going to read about sashimi. You're going to read about um, fucking uh, yakiniku, Korean barbecue, and, and a lot of those shabu-shabu and a lot of those things. But kushiage was something that's really not going to be on the top of the list of, of Japanese foods to try a lot of the times, but it's fucking great. And I definitely do recommend it. So that would be my one dish to recommend. Um, as far as like sweets or anything like that go, uh, okay. I can just say anything yuzu flavored. Why Y-U-Z-U. Anything yuzu flavored, I'm a sucker for. Like, you know, that's guaranteed deliciousness. If you like anything tangy, drinks, you know, candies, um, mochi, pounded rice cake, anything yuzu flavored, buy it, 
eat it, drink it, it's gonna be good. It's just guaranteed, basically. That in from my in my book, like you know, it's just like a mix between a lemon and an orange kind of flavor. It's just I'm getting all chills just thinking about it. Like, you know. So yeah, those would be my two recommendations. Um uh, what's my favorite? This is I was thinking about this question for a lot. What is my favorite Japanese train station? Like, I mean, the most iconic one for me personally would be Shibuya Station, just because I've I've spent so much time going through there. Um, my see for me, I can't really think of like a favorite one. It would be ones that I've spent a lot of time in. You know, Nakameguro Station, Gakugedaigaku Station. Uh, I haven't really been to Shinjuku Station so much, which I'm kind of glad because Shinjuku isn't really doesn't. I don't get really good vibes going there so much. Um, where else would I say I, I spent a lot of time in Oimachi Oe, Station? Well, train Station is kind of. I guess I would have to. What station gives me the best vibes? I'll just say right now in my life, Giugauka Station, just because I pass through there so much, just going back and forth from work. And, and it, yeah, it's, it's just like you know, a laid back kind of area. You know, there's not too much going on there. A lot of different times in my life, the past like uh, five years or so, I've, you know, I've really had a lot of frequency going to that station. I'm in my private and public life, in public life, my private and work life. So I probably say Giugauka is 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 my not favorite, but just most comfortable station. That where I'm at, I'd say um, Shibuya is the most iconic for me, but it, I don't really feel as comfortable there just because of the amount of people, how big it is, and stuff like it. De- it depends on what part of the station you're you're in, but um, those will probably be my two top answers. You know. Mm. Toyoko lines my line, you know, if, if, if you live in Japan, but okay. Um, anything about Japan or Japanese culture customs that bothers you? This was another tough one for me to think about. Like what bothers me about Japan? Um, if I had to say, I would say the... struggle to for inclusion here right and, and you know james alluded to it the, the special place you get you're kind of sit you're you're put outside of of the table right you don't get a seat at the table so easily here that is probably the biggest thing and I, I mean i understand why but you know trying to get a seat at the table here is pretty rough and the seat that you get it might not be the seat that you want which, you know, um, and so you got to take or make, you got to start carving up your own chair, basically, <laughs> which is what I'm doing. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm in woodshop class trying to make my own chair. I'm like, I'm putting it, plop it down on the table, like, damn it, I'm here. You know, that's pretty much what I'm doing. So um, that would probably be the one main thing that bothers me. Earthquakes bother me, of course. You know, that's no fun. The looming possibility of the big earthquake, you know, um, is, is, um, something that's not really cool um but on a daily there you know my life here is really peaceful like there isn't really much that gets 
almost anything that gets to me. I mean, what bothers me? Okay, I got one thing that bothers me recently. Old people on the road. The amount of dangerous old people on the road. I'm starting to notice it, really. It's like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> like what the fuck are y'all doing out here? Like, you know, old people, people on bicycles, like, just people with no sense. You know, because, like, I'm just driving. I'm just like, you you in the middle of the fucking road. Like, you're not even looking. Like, it's just, like, just crazy-ass pedestrians, crazy-ass drivers, like, bicyclists like i think it's just people japan is just such a safe country generally that people aren't so much aware of like possible danger so you'll just have like people just running red lights on bicycles like you almost getting hit by me like you know old people just doing crazy shit like in their cars and just like this country's gonna be dangerous as fuck in like 10 years like you know we need to get the automatic driving cars popping soon because shit like take the wheel from these people's hands please you know um that's probably the biggest thing that that concerns me you know just the amount of mindless senseless fucking dumb shit i see people doing on the street and on the road trying to get to where they're going to (laughs) That would be about it. But, you know, that's not a major gripe. And on the train, that's not really an issue at all. It's just, like, on the road, man. Like, sometimes I'm just like, I mean, I don't get road rage. I'm just like, I just got to laugh at it. Like, wow, I can't believe you just did that shit. <laughs> Good luck to you in life, buddy. Um, but that's about that. So, so yeah. Yeah, that's, that'll be it. But, um, but, again, I encourage you to check out the original um, video, which is in the link um, you know, I think it's, it's pretty good, um, pretty entertaining stuff. I watched the whole thing myself and, you know, I was entertained. So I think you will be as well. Uh, so that's about it. There's nothing else really, um, that I need to talk about. Um, so (laughs) I got to message my friend about this story. So hopefully in the next episode, I'll have a, a pretty crazy story from what I can remember. I'm not sure. Did I even tell that story? I might have told pieces of this story, uh, but I, I, if my friend gives me the okay, I'll tell the full the story in its entirety of this crazy ass trip that I took, which is fucking fun. We still talk about it to this day, but yeah, yeah, I'll talk about it. Maybe, maybe not. We'll find out. <laughs> so, all right, y'all. Um, thanks for watching again. I hope you had a great uh, Thanksgiving holiday wherever you are. And uh, we get it's December. We're getting ready to power through to the end of the year. So have a great week. Have a great day. Have a great life. And I'll holler at you next time. Peace.